you are listening to the Pro Ecclesia podcast from the Truett Church Network. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Greetings from the Truett Church Network. Today is another special podcast where we're partnering with our friends at the Pastors Common uh, to produce this content. The Pastors Common is a group of young uh, emerging adult ministers in Texas and beyond. Uh, that exists to resource and equip and connect young ministers with one another. You can find them on Facebook. You can find their podcast anywhere podcasts are available. If you'd like to see a video of this conversation, look on their Facebook page. Today's conversation uh, takes place between Reverend Molly Simpson, pastor at First United Methodist Church in Colleen, Texas, Reverend Emmanuel Roldan, pastor of Primera Iglesia Bautista in Waco, Texas, and Dr. Matt Snowden, pastor at First Baptist Waco, Texas, that centers on church culture. How do we understand it? How do we shape it? How do we receive it? Um, thank you for joining with us today. We got two true at demon grads, soon-to-be possible. Yep. Yep. True at demon, demon student. Right. Yeah. That, uh, a lot of true around this table. Very <laughs> That's right. Pastors come, we're putting a little plug in for true it today. Uh, where well, you can also can get your education. That's right. This yeah. is where we'd have the coffee cup. That's right. right. Uh, should, have, should have had it up. Um, yeah. So we're going to visit today just about church culture. And church culture is one of those things we talk a lot about, I think, in leadership circles, pastor circles. But it's also pretty hard to wrap your minds around like what it is and what it isn't. Um, and Matt and Josh Hayes at First Baptist are doing some great work on this. And so, Matt, tell us some about what y'all are working on okay. and thinking about as we dive in here. Okay, so, you know, Peter Drucker, he allegedly said years ago that, <laughs> that uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. I don't know if he really said it, but everybody says he said it. <laughs> and we all believe that, right? Culture is important. And we, we were all taught when we started out that you need to understand the culture of your church. When I first started out as a pastor, um, it was just so nebulous how to come about this, how to think about this. Uh, you know, they were just like Peter Cesaro, for instance. Here's, here's the thing he said. He said, culture is that precise something, the invisible presence or personality of a place that can be difficult to describe without actually experiencing it. It is often more readily felt than articulated. I mean, that's true. But sometimes not all that helpful. I mean, yeah. if something is, is that imprecise, that hard to get. Walter Wink used to talk about the angel of the mm. church, this corporate personality. He had to, I used to say yeah, the first job of the pastor is to, to meet the angels, shake the angel's hand. Terry York talks about uh, the voice of the, the church. Vo- yeah, David Bolin and, yeah. and Terry York on the voice of the congregation. So you got angels, voices, and <laughs> imprecise things. So like, good luck, new pastor, way to go. You know? So I was just struggling with how to make sense of all that, uh, knowing that it was important. Um, and then a couple of, couple of years back, I ran across an old, old essay by a guy named J.B. Gambrell. Mm. J.B. Gambrell is one of the early Baptist leaders in Texas uh, and in other parts of, of the South and in this region. And he wrote this little essay for Baptists called Working a Batch of Dough. And he said, look, Baptists are like a big lump of dough that hasn't been baked. <laughs> and there's these different parts. Some of it's a little salty. Yeah. Some of it's a little hard. In some the of best it's a little, possible sense. Yeah, yeah. Some of it's a little salt. <laughs> he goes, and we really got to work all those elements together, all these different parts. And, and then he made this leap to talking about this as a, as a culture. Not really so much a leap, though, because mm-hmm. you know, culture has a couple of different ways that you think about it. You know, culture of pearl. You know, culture comes from a word, a Latin word just means growing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, huh. you, you know, you culture something, but also culture as we think about culture. And so, and he said this, he says, there's no greater nor more hopeful task before us than to culture our people 
to bring them to a New Testament way of thinking and feeling. This culture is perhaps as much needed in the so-called highest circles as in the lowest. I'm not thinking now of worldly culture, but soul culture growing out of a deep experimental knowledge of God. Mm. I, I love that quote. Yeah. It's like thinking and feeling, experimental yeah. knowledge of God, uh, every aspect all together. Well, culture as a noun and a verb. <laughs> and both, noun right? and like a verb living, yeah. and to culture our people. Yeah. And this is what we have. And so, oh, I, I can wrap my mind around this. Yeah. So... So if culture is something that's important, we, we agree with that. It's something that is discerned to some level. We agree with that. Is it also something that can be dissected hmm. and analyzed and thought about? And I think it is. And uh, so I started thinking, well, what is a culture made up of? <laughs> you know, and, you know, you go to your, your basic standard Oxford English dictionary, something like that. And culture is made up of some basic stuff. You know, every definition hmm. is some basic stuff. Yeah. You have beliefs. You have values, you have goals, you have attitudes, you have practices. Those those five hmm. kind of things. So I started looking, and then I started reading the New Testament with that in mind. Like when Paul is writing, when John is writing, Peter, what are they addressing? And they're addressing these things in these churches. Yeah. They're they're addressing their beliefs, their attitudes, their values, their practices. Uh, they're they're dealing with this stuff, and so I started reading the epistles through that grid, and then I said, okay, I'm gonna sit down with Larry Lyon, who's a, a sociologist of religion. And I, so I sat down with Larry. I said, here's my theory. I said, I think th these are the elements of culture. I think all churches are made up of these things, and we have to, you know, analyze them and work them together. He said, I said, do you think I got it right on the elements of culture? So we're eating lunch in the faculty center. Larry's eating his lunch. He kicks back and he goes, yep, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I was go. off his running. And so, you know, we just start thinking about within the church, uh, how how to how yeah. to embrace culture, how to work with it, how to grow, um, and put those elements to practice yeah. as we analyzed and thought and worked and planned and did Man, what we did. You know, you and I have talked about this. It's just so helpful to break that down into components and be able to address those of beliefs, attitudes, values, practices, goals. Goals, right? Right it's there. Um, and that metaphor of kneading the dough from Gambrel mm -hmm. is so helpful. So, all right, for the rest of us, we'll get into this. When you think about your congregation or congregations past, how you went about learning the cult. So if culture is something that you learn, it's also a verb that we culture things, which is fascinating <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah. Like you're, but how did you go about like kneading the dough of the congregation, learning the culture of your place? You think of stories, illustrations of that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, uh, one thing that, that I think about when I think about culture is sort of like this invisible sort of, list of rules and expectations mm -hmm. that yeah. people in the congregation have, but nobody can quite tell you where it is or what those lists are, are, but yeah. you know when you, you <laughs> when know you cross when you've crossed that, when yeah. you've broken the rule, yeah. right? Yeah. And there have been plenty of times when I've broken the rule, and I think a lot of times it's just sort of stumbling into that. Yeah. And yeah. oh, this is the invisible rule, number 17, that I just <laughs> that I just broke. Right? It's like the end of the Truman Show wall. Like, you know, you're like, <laughs> boom, I hit it. Yeah, ex exactly. And, and didn't know it was there. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you know you're there, right? So there, I think there are some like um, ways you sort of stumble upon it. But some of the things I, I did sort of proactively, and actually this came from, from Matt, something he did at, at his congregation was um, when I... Uh, probably year one or two, I think, I uh, began to go around the congregation and ask, what's your favorite Bible verse? Yeah, and yeah. Um, a, a verse that has meant a lot to you in yeah. recent years. Yeah. And that was so powerful to know where the church was theologically. Mm. And then out of that, 
um, we created a sermon series called uh, The Faith of Primera. Mm-hmm. And every single week I preached on the different Bible yeah, verses, verses yeah. that I heard, yeah. right? Of course, John 3.16 was very, you know, I, I, it was multiple people's uh, verse, but that gave me a good idea for where the church was at, yeah. Yeah. Um, at least theologically, and also how they were interpreting those verses. Yeah. So it gave me a sense for where they were theologically, for their hermeneutic, for approaching scripture. Um, and that, that, was, that was one thing that, that I, I found really, really helpful yeah. to see, just to see where, where yeah. the church was at yeah. early on. And listening to the stories, of course, right? Yeah. Like um, for me, culture is, is, comes from the stories, right, that we tell ourselves. And so I, I began also to see what are the stories that keep coming up here? What are the stories that people keep talking about? here yeah. uh, about themselves or about the church um even listening to how people refer to the church is the church a they mm, is yeah. the church a them or, us. Mm, or is yeah. it an us yeah, right yeah, or a yeah. we yeah. right um, yeah you measure the attitudes a lot yeah, yeah. The stories yeah, yeah exactly so listening to people's language is just it's very fascinating yeah. and um there's just a couple of things that yeah um, kind of do things that mean much more than on surface it seems like they do yeah. right right yeah yeah. And Molly, how yeah. long have you been at you? You haven't been at your church quite as long. It's, yeah. 13, 14 months. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So in the first several months, one of the things that I did was I just I, I made a sign up genius and said, I have all these open time slots. I would love to meet with you yeah. um, and just invited people to to come sit in the office or to meet for coffee. And, and I would ask them a couple of things. Tell me your story. Tell me about your connection to this church mm-hmm. and then tell me what's really important to you um, and just let them talk. And of course, though, in the midst of that, I got all of the people who were either very eager <laughs> that wanted to to be known or they had something maybe underlying that they really wanted to share or, or to impart. Yeah. This is really a deep value to us. Um, but then I started paying attention to the people who didn't sign up, who weren't mm-hmm. who, who weren't volunteering for that yeah. conversation. And so it was the people who bring their kids to VBS and come to worship occasionally. It's the um, homebound persons who are still really connected and giving faithfully, but, you know, are never yeah. physically going to be there again. So then I started making the practice of um, actually through the demon process, you have a uh, some things that you commit to. And so like for relational ministry goals, I said, I'm going to seek out two people a week and and develop a conversation with them. So I just started calling people mm-hmm. and saying, hey, can I come see you or can we sit and visit? Um, and the things that people offer in telling their story tells you things about them personally and about them, the community. And um, I'm a person that then will step back from the, from the details and then kind of synthesize and try to figure yeah. out what that means. Um, but it reminded me, Matt, in the chapter, you, in the, in the book there, you had some stuff about the all 22 view yeah, yeah, yeah. that, yeah. that, uh, that, that while, um, any fo- person in a football game can like see the area where they are, they can see the the people who are playing next to them or the coach sees it from their position, but that they take this wide angle view right. of film and they go review film. Right. And I thought mm. so many times in ministry, we are immersed by those who are most with us, either those yeah. who are present, those who are vocal, those who, uh, who serve all the time. And, yeah. and that's the way up close, the yeah. really, the near people. And it's really important to be able to step back and, and, yeah. and notice not only the other people but then sometimes even the sort of other trends or mm-hmm. or, or or values or, or sort of identity markers that take place on the wide yeah. angle is yeah really that's important. kind of a leader the leadership aspect of yeah. it and we, josh and i we have a book with, deal with this and we have to have it all in by like new year's eve 
So, I mean, maybe on New Year's Eve, everybody else is watching, you know, Ryan Seacrest and I'm still banging away or whatever. But, uh, but chapter one's awesome. It, it is awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. Yeah. No, but, and, and so there's this thing here about like the Monday morning view and, and the Sunday mm, morning view. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, the Sunday deal is like NFL football. So yeah, it's how we're watching the game in the play and all that. And so, uh, and then the ball players and coaches watch a lot of tape. And so in every stadium, there's just this camera like way out of view. And mm. it's really protected. Yeah. Like the, the footage from those cameras are mm. guarded because uh, they really don't want a lot of fans breaking yeah. down like yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. And so it's really just, you know, it's not great, but, it's, but you see everything, uh, the, this bird's eye view. And, and so pastors, mm. I think we have a responsibility to engage – in both ways, you know, we, yeah. we can't afford to be uh, like y'all do it. Good luck. Yeah. Kind of leaders. I mean, we got to get in there on Sunday and play and get involved. Uh, but then we also have this sort of added call or responsibility that, that most church members just don't have to have an oversight view, to be an overseer, yeah. to an over, I mean, an overseer, yeah. Yeah. you know, to, yeah. to get above it and to analyze it and to think about it and to dissect it and, yeah. and to work it. Which is maybe part of that noun verb, like culture is something you receive as pastor that exists in the church, and it's something you shape right. all at the same time, you know, and it's a, a joint thing. Well, you had to think yeah. about it, but it's, it's like this is living stuff. Yeah. This, this, yeah. Is, this is, you know, you're talking about yeast in your freezer. I mean, it's, these are living agents, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it's not a static thing. And so God has crafted churches. He's made churches. He's raised them up for different reasons, and it's okay for churches to be different. Um, but it's not okay for churches to try to be some group other than who they are. Yeah. You know, you just say, okay, mm. this is really cool across town. Let's, let's put on these clothes and do it like, like they yeah. do it. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like David and Saul's armor. It just, it just, little guy, big, yeah. big armor, you know, just yeah. doesn't fit. And, um, and so sometimes things come into the, to the bowl of dough that just yeah. ought to be plucked and thrown out. And some, <laughs> well, that's what Bolsinger writes about in Canoeing the Mountain. He talks about the floor in the gallery. Yeah, you need to be on the floor in the midst yeah. of the people. You got to go up to the gallery and look down. Exactly. And I think we can all think of times in our ministries and, and other leaders probably that are so enmeshed on in the people. Yeah. You know that you don't, and then others that are so distant from yep. the people. Neither of those is really going to learn the fullness of the culture. Uh, right, because really, they yeah. pay off of each other. Yeah, I mean exactly. they're strength. They play off of each other and. And so they they work they work together yeah. those two yeah. different perspectives of the pastor. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, uh, the the quote the the leader is the one who defines reality. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. The yeah. leader is the one who act who says, okay, this is where yeah. we're actually at. Mm -hmm. We might want to be here, right? We we maybe think we're here, yeah. but this is where we're actually at. And, and it's like their primary task, right? Like to name reality. Yeah. yeah and that right. full that's quote is huge... the leader's first responsibility is to define reality. Yeah. The last one is to say thank you. And in between is to serve. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I think, you know, even like um, just seeing the pastorate as a relational act, um, mm. I think is so important, right? Because we're called to, we think we know the church sometimes. Um, but, you know, I think of, Hauerwas's quote on marriage, right? That the, the real important thing is to love the stranger that you committed to, mm -hmm. right? That, you know, I think he says something like, you're always going to marry the wrong person, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's it's something like, you know, now the real task is, okay, this is a stranger, a completely yeah. new person. Yeah. You know, I just had a, 
uh, a baby, a two month old. And the more and more I, I learn about her, the more and more I'm realizing this is a stranger yeah. in my own house. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. how do I love this person? Yeah. And and I think the same thing applies, right? To <laughs> to to the church, right? Yeah. These these people that we maybe think we know, but after some time you begin to realize they're not problems to be solved, right? They're mm. they're mysteries yeah. to be yeah. loved and and sort of explored, right? Yeah. Together, we're we're learning what is true and what the reality is. Oh, and that's here. a good yeah. yeah the culture good. isn't something to be fought or feared. It's something to be embraced and yeah. loved and prized. Of like, it's like a treasure yeah. to discover yeah. the culture of a place, yeah. what matters to this people and who they are. That that is where life is. Right. Yeah. That I yeah. Right. I think. Well, so think of it in terms of this is something created by God fallen yeah yeah but it but being mm. redeemed but can be but redeemed, be, yeah. be, being yeah. redeemed. Yeah. i mean there mm-hmm. the sin touches everything yeah. yeah so every church culture is marred by some yeah. i remember yeah. talking about the angel of the church one time as a guest in levi price's class and i said your first job is to meet the angel of church and levi price just goes churches have ghosts too uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's true you know and yeah. so I mean, you, you, you can't be so yeah. you can't be very saccharine about it but there's something precious there, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it, our job is not yeah. to, to recreate that in our own image. Right. Our job is to, is to interact and, and, and like yeah. you say, celebrate yeah. the mystery of it. And, and uh, I, I've never known a happy pastor that wasn't just really completely had a childlike curiosity about mm-hmm. people, you know, and just, mm-hmm. just, just so yeah. curious about how God has made them and put them together. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think is significant to keep in mind and, and, and I would say this goes without saying, but I forget it all the time, yeah. is that the Holy Spirit is a participant in this Absolutely. process. Yeah. And, and so many times we're trying, do Absolutely. I see everything? Do I know, understand yep. everything? Do I, do I, yep. can I, can I observe all this stuff? Let me analyze our beliefs, our values, our goals, yep. all the things that are at play here. And then I'm thinking, well, do I see rightly? And if I'm not mm. subjecting myself to the wisdom and leadership of the spirit, yeah. you know, you talk about it being like the voice or the angel, and that's kind of mystical. Yep. Well, yep. yeah. Yeah, it is. There is yep. something yep. well beyond yep. our capacities. Yep. And so just that reminder that the Holy Spirit is not only a participant in this process, but also a voice that we ought to be yeah. listening to. Absolutely. 100%. If we're going to do this well. Yeah, that this is yeah. God's church. And yeah. this, is, this, yeah. this church belongs yeah. to Christ. It's the bride of Christ. This is the bride of Christ. Uh, I was reading this piece in this Robert Jensen book last night. Uh, St. Olaf's, you know, Lutheran mm-hmm. guy, Bart scholar. And he was talking about the resurrection of Christ. And he said, uh, if Christ had not been raised, then there is no gospel. Mm. He said, but since Christ is raised, that means Jesus is the contemporary of Paul and Calvin and Kierkegaard and Wesley mm. and you and me. And that the, the, there's Jesus in the present tense, the yeah. spirits that work in the church. And, you know, one thing that Andy Root yeah. talked about is like, yeah. we're not going to have trouble for lack of resources. There's plenty of resources. We will get in trouble with a lack of vitality, mm. you know, lack yeah. of life. Yeah. And uh, just the awareness that God is present in the midst. And that's a huge reminder yeah. for all of us. Yeah. So we have five elements of culture, beliefs, attitudes, values, practices, goals. I got it. I yeah. keep remembering. Good I'm job. getting it down. There's five fingers. That's, that's why we stopped five at fingers. five. That's yeah. helpful. Could be more, but that's it. Your standard so hand has five fingers. You you mentioned, Levi, talked about the ghosts. We also know there's... Uh, times when, when parts of a culture are unhealthy Absolutely. or there's parts. So you go into a place, you're learning it, you start figuring out, man, this is kind of off base. This is really a, often, I think, unhealthy culture becomes a barrier to God's dream for that church. Absolutely. You know, and who we, yeah. So how do you go about then addressing negative culture or culture that needs to be needed back in yeah. and kind of refined? How, how have y'all done That's that? Good. How have you seen that done in your experience or experiences of those you know 
Yeah, uh, I I think a big part for me is sometimes addressing my own insecurities. Mm. One thing that Dr. Creech would always say is um, every congregation gets the leader that they deserve. You know, he's coming <laughs> at it from a systems perspective, yeah. right? Yeah. And it, it makes sense, right? That these are the people mm -hmm. who called you. Yep. And yep. They, there was some affinity, right? We're not some other holy other coming yeah. into the congregation. That's and right. So I think for me, it was addressing my own insecurities and thinking, what are what are some things in, in me that that I need to change, perhaps, or I need to get clear on, or I need direction on? Um, and then being able to to see clearly. I mean, it's mm. the whole sawdust inspector yeah. thing, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we can't necessarily be sawdust inspectors. Um, but one, one thing that, that was helpful for me is uh, being able to take a step back and um, involving others. So okay. recognizing that it's, it's not just on me to come in and yeah. fix the unhealthy culture, but God has given me a team. God has mm. given me a church that uh that we can figure out we can figure this out together as well and and mentors and um, people outside of the system yeah. sometimes are very very helpful mm -hmm. uh, because they can often see things more clearly in that regard mm. um uh, that that's those are some things that that have been helpful for yeah. for me to, to figure out and just to help me see clearly um which is i mean, mysterious right that a healthy leader can go into a place yeah and very quickly but certainly over time positively infect the whole thing and vice versa is right. true as well right yeah. and unhealthy yeah. but yeah it's fascinating yeah. Yeah. you know i think yeah. the it'd be easy to think about those five things as some sort of linear progression mm -hmm. you need Ooh, to do yeah. this and then yeah. this no, and then that yeah, you can't do gotta that. address the beliefs if we're gonna yeah. get the practices right, right? but yeah. the reality is is with an, a, a more organic metaphor you realize these are all factors yep. and you can start yeah. working or playing with any piece of that so yep. for example um i serve in a church that has this great weekly meal that is served in the community and it is it is outreach it is all different kinds of people sitting at a table together and um it is a transformational relational opportunity that then undergirds beliefs and attitudes mm, and other yeah. things. So sometimes if you're like, oh, there's some stuff going on with our attitude on Sunday morning or, or, or who we project ourselves mm -hmm. to be. And, and you realize, well, we have this practice. And if I can help some more mm -hmm. people get involved in this practice, it might actually the, the practice might. Like the attitude. Our attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah these so, things serve one another. Absolutely. They serve one another. And there are times they get out of whack and you have to give a little more attention to one than the other, yeah. but you do it through the others. I mean, you, they all, yeah. they all work. Yeah. I think one of the tricks is to know that one of these does not stand alone. So you can't say just because I have the orthodoxy down, <laughs> then everything's mm -hmm. going to be great because that's not always the case. I mean, you want to have the right beliefs about, about God, about Christ, about scripture, who we are as people, all of that, but you can get that stuff right and have a sorry attitude and, and not be a healthy yeah. congregation. You can be really sweet people and just like be Unitarians with deep water <laughs> and like, you're not a healthy deal. Yeah. I mean, you know, so there's yeah. all of that that goes, goes in, goes into play. And I, I think that's just really important that they're all brought together into, into one thing. Yeah. You see this happening in the epistles. Okay. Yeah. So the end of Colossians, the very end of Colossians four, uh, Paul's doing all these personal greetings. These folks here say, greet you. You know, yeah. you greet them. And he says, um, read this and give it to the Laodiceans. What the Laodiceans, you read yeah. that. So read this. And then he picks out a guy, names his name. He says, you tell him to finish what he started. <laughs> 
and, and it is lovingly yeah. kind of things like because and how often do we start yeah. things that God's called us to do and whatever happens we get frustrated we get yeah. upset we get angry we get tired and we quit uh, so he had like mm. a follow through sort of yeah. attitudinal problem but he's like look immerse yourself in this word yeah and y'all do that with each other do it as a group yeah. and then finish what you started you know yeah. so I mean so yeah. it, it happens all through the New Testament yeah. and it's just Which, kind of a yeah. way to do, we're supposed to do it and because you can't you can't fix everything. It's not about fi- you can't heal everything immediately, no. right? You got to pick the small win, the the practice that can infect attitude, or the story of witness that you can lift up on Sunday. You know, it's it's finding the the quicks or not quick, the small wins, yeah, that you can help multiply into yeah. bigger wins. You know, yep. finish what you started, yeah. and who knows, right? Where what God may do. Yeah. If we follow through on our calling, yeah, that's that's really You know, helpful. when we came to Waco a dozen years ago, I sat down with uh, the music minister, yeah. David Bullen, and uh, I said, David, what do you think about, he goes, Matt, I think that what they need more than anything right now is you just go out there and tell them you're happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. And he, he just put the cookies on the lowest possible shelf. Yeah. And I was like, I can do that. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, you know, so ne- I started out the next sermon, you know, y'all, I am just so happy to be here. And it was sincere. It was true. Yeah. Man, I started, people started crying. And it was just like, okay, the, the, yeah. the, 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 what we have to address now is the heart and the attitude mm. of it, you know? And one of the, that's what I think about Gambrel's deal is so great. He, he's a, when we culture him, we're bringing him not to some organizational way, but yeah. to a New Testament way of thinking, mm. thinking and feeling. Yeah. So, you know, Baptists and Methodists, we're heart people, you know, we, yeah. we bleed pietistically. <laughs> uh, so, so you got to bring the heart yeah. and the mind together on this deal. Yeah. And it's, that's, I think, one of the gifts of this, yeah. this multiple element yeah. thing. Yeah, many times, if you don't address that, I mean, you know, every congregation is a, an emotional system, right? Yes. So, like, if you don't address those emotions, uh, then stuff just won't be heard. Nope. Or the or it'll be heard uh, incorrectly. Exactly. Yeah. Or taken the wrong way, right? Yeah, I mean, we, right. we know this in relationships, right? If you don't address the underlying emotions, attitudes, then it's uh, you could you could be orthodox all you want. You could yeah. you could speak truth all you want, but the truth's not going to land. That's um, right, right. And I think part of the challenge for the the pastor, the leader, is learning how to, how do you address that emotional uh milieu that context right yeah. um so that people can be able to hear a word of truth and um and be led by and those by things are linked yeah. together as yeah. are like beliefs and goals yeah like you know yeah. like you know the, the yeah. you talk in baptist yeah. culture you know you're yeah. talking to a pastor search committee it's a little different with you guys but not all that different mm-hmm. and so they're like what is your vision for our church like Dude, I have to get the GPS out to find where your church is. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, as a, I mean, it's a great question. I don't understand yeah. what people are asking, yeah. but I mean, the vision for every church is fixed. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a raw fact and a given, and it's been given by Jesus, right? Yeah. So there's, when you talk about goals, you have to talk about beliefs. Yeah. Uh, and beliefs with goals. So you have, you know, the goal is, we seek the kingdom of God. Yeah. And that's true for your church, your church, your church, my church, every church that is faithful to the gospel, that we are to seek the reign of God, the kingdom of God. Yeah. Well, you know, but that big apex goal is broken down into sub goals yeah. and plans and, 
and, and all of that, and which leads, yeah, goals lead to practices. Yeah, you know, there's this great line in this this biography of Leonardo da Vinci that says, uh, "Vision." without execution is hallucination. <laughs> so there's a lot of hallucinating pastors yeah, out there. Yeah. And so, you know, so goals and, uh, and beliefs and goals and practices yeah. and goals and attitudes. And I mean, all of this stuff is yeah. just there. Well, even as yeah. I'm thinking and, and even designing these questions and thinking about this, you, you keep wanting to break it. Like the breaking apart into components is really helpful, but naturally we want to make it linear, which I think you said yeah. it wasn't, but this is a, it's a Holy, as you said, Holy Spirit, love. Like I keep thinking about love, like and trust of the pastor. There was a mentor pastor of mine who was the pastor in Marble Falls for 40 something years where I'd served the community where I'd served, not the church. And every time he made a visit, every time he saw you at HEB, he gave you a hug and told you he loved you, whether he hardly knew you or not. And he one time told me, and we're just talking about his ministry. And he said, just not enough. He said, pastors don't often enough, kind of like you said about being happy, like just tell their churches from the pulpit, say it. I love you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know there is something. And he said, and then he said, you can make all sort of mistakes and survive it if your people know you love them. Yeah. yeah um. And yeah. he said that's why I lasted forty. I think forty two years in that yeah. church, something like that. And so yeah, it's this state of being, right? Yep. And, and it is things that we do. Yeah. Just I'm thinking about you can't every time you want to break it apart and say, well, take this, do that. It keeps all getting mixed well, in. Well, let's go back to this yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Monday yeah. on the field in the in the yeah. video room thing. Yeah. So you've got to understand what a a, a quarterback does, and a tight end, and a yeah. tailback, and all that. I mean, you, if you're going to be elite, you've got to figure out to the nth what each one yeah. of those things do. Um, but man, you can't play a football game with a tight end. Yeah. yeah. You got to throw them all back together. Yeah. Line it up, and everybody's going to do their thing, yeah. and they got to do their thing together in concert. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to analyze these things sometimes separately. But the only function you can have is when they're blended, yeah. when they're put together. Because mm. the analysis yeah. is to the, is for the sake of yeah. the synthesis. Yeah. You know, it's it's putting it all together. Well, would you have any just final encouragement for pastors, ministers? seeking to learn the culture of their church. We've talked about a lot of things, but kind of a final thought or word of encouragement we might offer. Anybody have a word from the Lord? The first thing that comes to mind is uh, be curious. and um, Ted Lasso. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? Um, and just follow that, you know, in a lot of ways, um, it can be very healing Yeah, to be curious and be led um, by the spirit as you listen to the stories of those mm. in your congregation um, you begin to learn a lot about yourself in the process and um, and just enjoying the congregation in the process as as you ask questions as you're curious um, and yeah I mean with that right everything that goes with curiosity reverence and treading lightly right knowing that we're stepping into something that um, has been here Mm. for a long time before we were yeah. there and then we'll remain right yeah. it's it's god's church and he'll he'll protect it and we get to be part of it so i like to remind myself to ask where's god at work mm -hmm. you know yeah. rather than me saying oh we should do this or we need to impact this part or we need to address our values or reassert some goals 
to pay attention. Yeah. God is already at work mm, long yeah. before we ever got oh, yeah. there and, and yeah. after we're gone. Oh, um, yeah. So where's God at work in the midst of that? And then uh, pur- pursue those places. I mean, keep working and shoring up all those other yeah. pieces, but pay attention to where God is at work because yeah. um, if you're cooperating with God, you're, yeah, oh, yeah. you're in the right place. Yeah, I was reading John 17 last night. It struck me that Jesus prayed for all of us before we became Christians. This <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> has always yeah. been God's work. It's always been the work of Christ. That's really good. Uh, I want to add this one. Uh, there is a little bit of a trick to, to longevity in, mm. in, in, as a pastor and being able to take on this role of, of analyst. Yeah. It, uh, so if you're saying, okay, I'm a participant player. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Sunday ball player. I'm in that, and I'm in it with the church. I mean that's great, and we're all there. Uh, but man, that can that can you can grow weary and well doing fast mm-hmm. if that's the only kind of leadership muscle you bring to this fight. Uh, and the, the, if you can say, okay, but I'm also the overseer, and in that is the ability to take things a little less personally. Sometimes mm, yeah. it can cool down your own heart, and so you're saying, okay, look, the way this these kind of things are going. Um, you know, I have a role to play and that's to oversee and it's to engage. And I think there's a, a little bit of a gift for longevity yeah. in doing the work of kneading the dough yeah. for the leaders of the yeah. church, if that makes sense. I yeah. mean, it certainly well, takes some pressure off. You don't yeah. have to solve it all. The answers to the future of this church are within the church. And right. the spirit will bring those out. Right. The church deserves a pastor who loves it enough to do that hard work. Right. Not right. to come in with all the solutions, but to love it enough, you know, and uh, that would be my of like patience to love your church well enough to learn those stories, you know, and to yep. see where the spirit is at work and and stays long enough to see the spirit moving there right. if God wills it. But, Absolutely. Um, well, y'all, thank you for your ministries. Thank you for your time today. Thank you all for listening and uh, tuning in. 